Welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle. If you're in the business, you know voice acting is tough. Marketing your voiceover is really tough. If you're a voice actor who wants advice from industry professionals, marketing experts, and people who hire voice actors, this is the podcast for you. Now here's your host, Steve O'Brien. Throughout history, technology has been the great equalizer. These days, especially for voice actors, it used to cost tens of thousands of dollars to build out a home studio. Now it can be done at a fraction of that cost and done well. And no technology has had a greater impact than the Internet and all the technologies that come with it, specifically connecting remotely with studios and clients. Our guest is a sound designer, mixer, audio engineer who has mainly worked in audio post for advertising. His work includes clients such as Microsoft, Kellogg's, Nintendo, as well as Super Bowl spots for Budweiser. For 20 years, he has worked for various post houses in Chicago until he started Someone Audio Post. In 2005, he was one of the original founders of Source Elements, who makes Source Connect, which continues to refine remote post-production workflows. Hey, Robert Marshall, welcome to the VoiceOver Hustle. Hey, thank you very much for having me. So there are three main products from Source Elements that I want to chat with you about. Source Connect Standard, Source Connect Now, and Source Nexus. So first off, what is, in layman terms, Source Connect Standard? So Source Connect Standard is a software that is meant mainly for voice talent to use to be able to connect to recording studios and producers who want to record them directly over the internet as if they were essentially in the studio with them, except they're obviously separated by space and therefore time. Um, so it's it's meant to be an easy to use, only what you need, um, slightly more affordable version of Source Connect compared to the pro version, which is what's used on the recording side. So mainly studios would use uh, Source Connect Pro where they can have multiple talent interacting at the same time. Right, and it also has one other um, pretty big feature where it's able to track all the recordings they make, and then if there's any sort of occurrence that happens over the internet that might cause a glitch, it goes back to the talent system, recovers that data, and puts it back into the recording uh, file on the studio side. So it guarantees that the recording is perfect regardless of what might happen. So Source Connect Standard is a standalone software, but it also has a plugin too. You can run Source Connect Standard as a standalone application. It, it does have a plugin that lets it sort of patch into any workstation. So with uh, voice talent for often Audition, Adobe Audition's a popular workstation. Sure. Others might be using Pro Tools or Logic or there's a few others. But that gives the talent the opportunity to use Source Connect as a plugin in their workstation. And that makes certain things easier that maybe the talent doesn't have to do, but in some situations it might help. One would be if the talent wants to be able to play back a take that's previously recorded. Um, having it plugged into the workstation makes it easier to access different playback tracks. Um, the other one would be as if the talent was reading in sync with picture or some other content that needs to be uh, synced up with. The content that needs to be synced up can be put into the workstation and then the uh, pro side can control the playback of the workstation, and therefore, when the talent reads, says, you know, whatever mattresses at ten ninety nine, and duvet covers at ten dollars, or whatever, 
Um, the prices can match up. That's often used for ADR and other dialogue replacement mm-hmm. um, sessions for more like actors and not so much voice recording. But those are those are two of the things you can do with Source Connect in conjunction with the workstation like Pro Tools or Audition. But Source Connect Standard just runs fully, completely on its own. And that's certainly a simple way that many voice talent definitely use it. So you've got the standalone application on your, your desktop. Um, then you can connect with a studio if you have, you know, of course, your license dongle through uh, iLock. Then you can connect directly and do a session. Exactly. Yep. They can record you. They can give you direction right back. You can record a backup file if you'd like, but ideally, and in most situations, it's just not needed because they're recording you directly. And um, so then at that point for the talent, it becomes very much like a normal session where they were in studio. So they don't have to worry about the technology, at least not as much of it. I mean, they do have to worry about getting a microphone and having their level set and a mm-hmm. computer. So there's obviously more to, for talent to do these days than when they just walked into a studio and asked for a donut and a coffee and uh, <laughs> or maybe some room temperature water. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the room temperature water, yes. So right. <laughs> can you run Source Connect off a tablet? Not yet. That That is something we are working on. Um, we're, we're trying to do various things, and that's one of the intended platforms that um, that, that will be possible in the uh, in the future. I'm not sure how how distant of a future, but hopefully not too distant. But still, I would still count that future in in months, plural, at least. We've 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 actually had beta versions that worked in tablets, but it's very hard to get everything to agree. And what we don't want to do is kind of dumb down the the core ecosystem so we're trying to make sure that it works properly as as best as possible now in the old days isdn was the standard by which studios connected to other studios and to talent and uh engineers loved it but it had a lot of problems as far as cost and you had to maintain the hardware and so on and so forth but is Source Connect Standard as reliable if you're doing a session on there, say, ISDN? So it's not really a parallel question. Um, ISDN uh, uses a box on either end, and that, in a sense, is what Source Connect Standard is, is the box on either mm-hmm. end. But the, the cable in the middle is either the Internet or, back in the day, ISDN. And ISDN acts in a much different way than the internet. In in many ways, it's sort of more efficient, definitely more stable, um, but in its efficiency or in its stability, it's less efficient. So it's not as easy for the phone companies to sell mm-hmm. their bandwidth repeatedly over and over, kind of like an airline overbooking its flight, which is what the internet companies can do with internet connectivity. So internet connections are designed to be kind of what you call fault tolerant. If they run into a problem, it just has a problem for a second, but it stays connected. Whereas a phone call that's a sort of an end-to-end path that's laid out for you and you kind of own that data chunk for while the call is existing, which is why ISDN was charged by the minute, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, when there was a problem, often you would get completely cut off or yeah. you try to dial someone do 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 so the networks work very differently um and isdn definitely because it's a dedicated point-to-point connection and you kind of own that road between you and the other person there are many advantages in that sense 
but what comes with it is a big cost and it's much harder for the phone companies to support that. It's much harder for them to juice as much money out of that as they can out of an internet connection as well. So that, those are the reasons why you see ISDN kind of going away. Um, and also what we've seen compared to when we started out in 2005, where, you know, a broadband connection in 2005 was, I have a T1 line with 1.5 megabits <laughs> per second. And now you can get a connection at home with a hundred or even a thousand times that speed almost. You can get a gigabit connection at home. And so we've seen since 2005 to now that the internet has pretty much built its stability to the point where it is approaching infinitesimally close to what ISDN used to be able to provide as a design feature. So, So now the internet has pretty much the stability of ISDN, but it also has the fault tolerance that it always had. Um, And so we're starting to finally get to a point of best of both worlds. So you mentioned that it's a point-to-point connection. It's not browser-based, and so it's a little more stable because it's not going through a browser. Right. It's more stable. The, The reason why it's more stable when it doesn't go through a browser is a few things. Um, all the things that you see based on a browser are really based on things that are built into Chrome inherently. And really what Source Connect Now and all these other services that use Chrome is, is they've, you know, taken our GUI, our workflow and applied it to Chrome's ability to send communications audio data between two points. Mm -hmm. And so it's important to note that most of these systems that have been sort of um, commandeered into a professional audio context are really riding on the back of consumer technology whose goal in life is to preserve a conversation and preserve intelligibility. And it doesn't really care how it distorts the audio technically as long as it feels that it has provided the best circumstances for a conversation. Um, Source Connect was programmed with a different goal in mind. It was basically delivered to deliver that data to the other side one way or the other. Don't give up until every other possible option is exhausted, and then it ends up in a maybe a dropout if the data can't get through. But it doesn't try to fake it if it can't get the data through. It either gets the data through by a number of means of error correction that we have put into it, mm-hmm. or it results in a dropout, which then it recovers that dropout through the Source Connect Pro system where it fixes it in the file if it has to. So they just have different they, they have different goals, essentially. And it's not a communications platform. It's a recording platform. And therefore, it's, um, it's really uh, treats the data and the data recovery and the error correction in a, in a completely different way than something like Chrome or Skype or any of these other platforms. So do you have to be a technical person? This may surprise you because you've worked in studios. A lot of voice talent are not really technical. Do, do you have to be really? technical to set up and use Source Connect standard? <laughs> not, not really. I mean, all in all, once, you know, if, if you're able to run a computer and open up an application and run something like Skype, it's very similar in the sense that you launch the application. These days, you usually have to give it permission to use your microphone because of security. That's kind of a new thing we've seen in the last mm-hmm. you know, four years or so. Um, so that's, that's a hurdle you have to get through with any communications app is to give it permission to use your microphone. Um, and then in the app, there's a place where you pick your uh, microphone and your headphones, which is very similar 
um, to what you do in Skype. So Source Connect is the same thing. Pick your microphone, pick your headphones. Um, Source Connect runs off of a buddy list, you know, so you can give someone your username and then you guys can add each other to each other's contacts list so you're Source Connect friends and then you show up in each other's list and you can throw somebody a connection request, which is kind of like ringing their, their number or you know, saying, hey, let's connect. However, you know, different apps do it. With Skype, it's kind of a ringing thing as well. Um, so so that's how it's established. These are all paradigms that are pretty similar to a lot of other um, systems. You do run into some stuff where you want to ideally make sure that you're at the same sample rate as who you're connecting with. But Sam- Source Connect does automatically sample rate convert if it needs to. You know, depending on what you're doing, that might cause some things to not work. So... Ideally, you're matching sample rates, but it'll it tries to make things as easy as possible within the context of there's some things that you have to manage. For example, a sample rate um, is probably the most common one. Um, but yeah, it's it's kind of hopefully simple is the idea. I, I know there's a lot for voice talent to deal with, and you have to know how to set your mic level is another thing. So even once you have your mic selected getting it at the right level is an important thing that often back in the day, if you were just visiting studios, you didn't have to worry about that. And as a talent, you now have to make sure that you got your level set properly. But setting levels, I mean, that's an everyday thing. I mean, that's a pretty simple yeah, hopefully. thing for, <laughs> hopefully, that yeah. most talent can do. <laughs> now, right. what's the difference between Source Connect Now and Source Connect Standard? Uh, a lot. <laughs> Basically, so Source Connect Now is... Uh, it's technically a free service we run, uses the Chrome web browser, and therefore all those things I spoke about, how Chrome and other communications apps, mm-hmm. excuse me, um, other communications apps handle error correction and fidelity in a different way with different goals. So Source Connect Now is also uh, built on those same facilities that just exist within Chrome. And so while it tries to do high quality, it will fall to the same tricks that Skype and other things do. And sometimes I emulate this. You you might catch, if it runs into a bandwidth gauntlet, you might hear Skype or Source Connect Now or anything on Chrome take a word, drag it out after that, go real quick to catch back up. Um, and you would never hear any time stretching or artifacting like that in Source Connect. It's not going to distort the audio to try to make it sound intelligible in its mind. So Source Connect now will do that because it is just literally built on that same engine that um, all those other platforms use. Um, but as, as you've noted, it's still pretty potent. You can, um, you know, when all things are working well, when the bandwidth is solid, when mm-hmm. um, it's, you know, even if it's distorting some things, you probably don't hear it because it's subtle in the background and maybe what it is changing doesn't matter that much, even though technically... If you put it up on a scope, you'd probably see it tweaking away in the background <laughs> constantly a little bit. Um, so that, that's the main difference. Uh, pricing is free on Source Connect now. It, it it only runs in a Chrome web browser. It doesn't directly provide plugins for workstations. It doesn't have a means of syncing audio for um, reading to picture. It definitely doesn't have the data recovery system, the auto restore that Source Connect Standard and Pro provide. Uh, I think that's about the main differences there. Yeah. I mean, under full disclosure, uh, we're on Source Connect now at the moment. And I don't know yep. why when I talked to someone from Source Connect, I didn't 
connect us with standard. We could have done either one. But for I was, me... I was happy to join you where you're at. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's funny, though. When I do uh, interviews with talent, I always do Source Connect Standard because it's a little better quality. You don't have dropout more so. That's the main case. But for someone who's mm-hmm. not in the industry and I want good quality sound, Source Connect now is great. I send them a link, I give them the yeah. pass key, and we're off and running. It's pretty simple. And, th- and that's where we find it used a lot, is it's a great it's a great tool for an ad hoc guest connection. It's not, you, you don't have to download a license. You're like, here's a link, open it in a web browser. Yeah. It's definitely easier on the, ta- on, on the other person who's receiving the link. And so it is really good for podcasts and any situation or sometimes bringing clients in. You mentioned that sort of in the same context that you would use a phone patch, sometimes like, hey, how about this link? It'll sound much better than a phone patch. And, uh, you know, maybe that helps you give me better direction when we're in session than trying to direct over a phone connection, for example. Now, I'm recording locally, which means I'm not recording my voice through Source Connect now. I'm recording it directly off of my DAW or out of my microphone. Mm -hmm. So it's not going through the internet. It is to you, but if I sound this much better, that's why. And one of the reasons or ways I'm able to do that is that I use Source Nexus. And I think that's the one thing that most people don't know or understand. Remember how we mentioned that Source Connect can be plugged into a workstation? Mm -hmm. So that's a plugin that's provided with Source Connect called Source Connect Link. Um, think of Nexus as Source Connect Link, but it provides that linking ability to any application, not just Source Connect. Um, and it kind of actually does it a little bit, in some sense, in a better way than Link does it. Um, so you could use Source Connect or Source Nexus to uh, patch Skype in and out of your workstation. So you could record someone directly from Skype mm-hmm. or feed your audio out of your workstation to Skype mm-hmm. or. Um, any of the other ones, you know, you were talking about Teams before. It, you're, you're using it probably with Source uh, Source Connect now. So it's, um, to an engineer, the way you describe it, it is sort of like a patch bay for applications. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to send audio literally physically out of your computer and back in. The computer can recapture and route some audio inside of itself in the same way that might have been done back in the day with patch cables and a patch, ca- pa- patch bay. Um so that's basically what Nexus does. It solves a lot of other smaller problems. Um, sometimes, for example, you have audio engineers with um, sort of very dedicated hardware for their Pro Tools or other workstation. And that hardware isn't where, when you watch a YouTube video, the audio goes out. And you want your audio to go out the hardware, but only the workstation can talk to the hardware. And so Nexus is able to kind of take the audio out of YouTube and send it directly into the workstation so that they can monitor it out their hardware. So sometimes it's not even necessarily used for monitoring remote type of, you know, Skype and Source Connect type applications, but also just routing some things just directly with inside your computer, sending time code here to there, things like mm-hmm. that. Then, So an application that has helped me as a voice actor is that if I'm going to do a Source Connect standard session, I can record me, I can record the client in a different channel and say uh, there's another client that doesn't have Source Connect, but they want to be a part of it. They can connect on Zoom and I can record everybody in their own channels discreetly. Yep. 
And mm-hmm. that's nice. So we can all be connected through the DAW, through the digital audio workstations, so that I can record all of us, but yet I can just send them my lines, or if they want to hear their direction also, I can also send that to them also. Right. Early in the pandemic, I made a, a little YouTube video where I set up a mega conference, I think, or conference mm-hmm. of conferences. I forget what we called it, but essentially had a, a, I, I used Nexus for each one of these connections and I had Google Meet going in and out of Pro Tools and mm-hmm. Zoom going in and out of Pro Tools and Skype and Source Connect and Source Connect Now. And then from within Pro Tools, I just conferenced all those together. So you could have someone on whatever system you wanted to or they wanted to use and you could bring that in and out of your workstation and probably an unrealistic situation in reality, but kind of shows the kind of thing you could do with it. Yeah, I'm set up for Source Connect now, Zoom, Skype, FaceTime, Google, Teams, uh, Source Connect Standard. I'm trying to think if there's, I think those are the only ones I'm set up for right now. And you can cross-patch all of those. So if someone was on Teams and the other person was on Zoom, you could let them talk to each other. Yeah. Am I, yeah, (laughs) you pretty much have the same, the the setup I described. Now, that might be a little confusing to set up. In fact, I just I was showing uh, the routing system to a friend of mine who does IT, and he was like, wow, that looks complicated. I'm like, I didn't set it up. Someone else set it up for me. You know, They showed me the basics, and then I added to it later. But uh, a guy named Robert right. set it up for it's, me. It's kind of an erector set, you know? So what are some of the things uh, down the line that you think are going to happen? Give us a glimpse at the future. So I, I think you're going to see um, multi-connections being handled even better. Um, right right now for the engineer, there's still a bit of setup to make sure that everyone's conferenced together and hearing what they want to hear. So we'll start handling some of that maybe directly in the app and less in the workstation, which uh, should hopefully simplify things for the engineers. Um, for talent... We'll probably have some methods of allowing, you know, like phone patching, things like that, uh, that, that would be useful for talent. Um, I'm trying to think what else would be specifically for talent. What are we going to see? I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff I'm missing right now. Um, we're going to modernize, finally, the Windows version of Source Connect, which quite honestly has been sort of lagging, unfortunately, and we've been trying to uh, catch that up. So Source Connect 4 will be a parallel release where it's all platforms at the same time. Um, over the years, month by month, eventually Windows ended up being a whole version behind Source Connect on Mac. Um, so we'll, we'll close that gap. Um you know, other things for talent, uh, things like, I, I think you'll start seeing things like built-in backup recorders that might be very useful and simple things, but super easy where it just, anything that takes stress and set up off the talent's back, I think is appreciated. So those types of things. So tell me about being Source Connect standard certified. This is something new you've been offering. Basically, it's a couple things. Number one, we have the talent kind of take an online course Make sure they're familiar with terms and setups and what it's, what's expected of them. Um, also, what we began finding, especially with the pandemic, is that, uh, quite frankly, there's just a lot of people that were, I mean, I, I can think of a tech support session I even just did a couple of weeks ago where I helped someone out. And I was like, great, you're all connected. Okay, so just take that in your booth. And the people are like, booth? What booth? 
I'm like, well, you're not going to record in that room. It sounds like a kitchen. And they're like, yeah, it is our kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's not going to work out. So here's a bunch of links to Amazon and some Oralex and you, you have a whole nother thing to go through. And um, so, so we found that, you know, just being listed and having Source Connect and then there's this assumption that I'm ready to go. And then there was still some some gaps in knowledge or setups that, that we wanted to make sure were clear. And that way, when people are browsing the, um, the Source Connect list and they see someone who's certified, they know that they, for instance, have their ports mapped, have a good Ethernet connection to their, to their uh, you know, computer that's running Source Connect. They have a mic. And, and we're not that strict on it, but we're still trying to keep the quality line there. Like, you know, ideally a condenser mic or, or, or a good high-end dynamic um, in a booth that's or in a room that's fairly treated and and gonna it's gonna work for voiceovers and um, it's dead um, that the talent is aware of what might be going on or what they might need to change if the mm-hmm. if the engineer says hey can you switch your sample rate they know what that is and they know how to do that um, so that's that's what the certification program is about you take a test and then uh, you pass the test and at the end of the test we hook up with you and we make sure your bandwidth is good and that your studio sounds, um, you know, within a broad scope of quality, but professional, essentially. Yeah. The, the one piece of advice whenever I talk to new talent is that I know you really want to buy a microphone, but the first thing you should do is work on your recording space. Your room. And that you can, yeah, you know, exactly. make sure that sounds clean, make sure it sounds good and quiet and, and spend $500 on that. And spend two hundred dollars on your first microphone, because a two hundred dollar mic in a really totally. good room is going to sound great. A ten thousand dollar mic in a really bad room is going to sound awful. That's right. In fact, it'll probably sound even more awful than a cheap mic in a bad room, because it'll pick up every yeah. nuance of that bad yes, room. Exactly. Yeah, it's um, it's definitely true. Treat the room first. It's it's you know it's your it's it's all input first, right? Your voice, mm-hmm. then the room, then the microphone. Um, I, I usually encourage talent not to go with the USB microphones. We see a lot of, you know, Yetis and things like that. Um, they tend to be harder to set up. They have shorter USB cables. The USB cables are more sensitive to distance. Uh, where do you plug your headphones in? Not all USB microphones have a headphone return. Then you have a latency issue, possibly. Um, and all in all, I think that if you're kind of getting into voiceover... If you get a microphone that's an XLR microphone, in the long run, it's going to be a better investment and more useful to you than a USB microphone, which is almost guaranteed to go bad as soon as they decide to change the USB plug yeah. alone. Um, and so I tend to discourage USB mics. They are they are offered at a slightly lower price point, but getting an interface, I, I usually recommend, honestly, the, the Rode NT1, not the NT1A, but to me it seems like a really good breakpoint where it's the least expensive of the microphones that are first what I would consider like serious mics. It's it's the first one that's you know like two hundred and fifty dollars, but it's probably a mic that you'd keep for yeah. life. It's you a know, great mic. It, it's it's a very useful, very yeah. It's it's priced so well for how how well it sounds and and um simple, you know, there's no yeah, buttons on it. Just road uh, I think power. across the board makes good quality microphones. And I, I agree with you. The NT1 is they a great are, mic. They are, yeah. 
I've owned two or three, so yeah. They're, they're like the Shure of Australia. They're, they're the Shure microphones they of are. Australia. Yes, they are. Like just, like, not, not overly hyped. It's like quality mic, and it's... And just, a pretty yeah, flat sound, exactly and that's what you want. Do. When people hear a Yeti, they go, yeah. oh, it sounds pretty good. I'm like, well, that's coloration. That coloration, there's another name for it. Noise. Right. Right. And and another thing I always encourage talent to do, so talent's sometimes very interested in like, oh, I need to get a compressor and a gate. And I need to start. And it's like, no, no, you don't. Like, less is more. I'm, I'm, unless you know for a fact that your clients are not processing your voice and therefore you suspect that they're not putting you out there in the finished product in the best light and you think you can do mm-hmm. better than them, which... Sometimes that happens. Sometimes, for example, with e-learning, it just gets like chucked right out of the mm-hmm. video editor and off to the web, and it never goes through someone with um, sort of a sound consideration to the whole thing. So there's times maybe when you want to provide your voice processed ahead of time, but usually not. And it's usually a good way to, um, you know, especially if you do it in such a way where you're committed to that and you can never undo it, um, it's not great. You know, you can end up over-processing or gating something that sounds yep. chopped up. And uh, um, and, I, and I don't think that anybody's ever going to, like, hide from an engineer a noisy room. You'll, you'll, you'll hear the gate opening and closing. The engineer will be aware that something's being gated. They might not be able to hear the full extent of the noise, but they'll, they'll know that you're trying to yep. hide something. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it's like, don't process if no, you don't have and to. You- you don't need a more. processor. It, the worst, I think these days you can always have someone, a good engineer, uh, pay them $100 to create a stack for you, and you can do it in the mix instead of adding something to it. Right. And, then, and, then that, and that leaves the flexibility for whoever yeah. else might be doing the mix to do their processing without having their hands tied by whatever you did ahead of time. Yep. Yeah, processing should always be done sort of after the fact unless... You know, sometimes you end up in these situations where it's going straight to the video editor. Mm-hmm. And um, like this happens to me in post-production every now and then. You, you do a session, you do 50 takes, and you come up with an edit, and you give them the edit select. And then they ask for all the voiceover takes. So usually I leave even the edit select unprocessed. Because mm-hmm. that way the editor can chuck in any other voiceover take, and it's not going to yeah. sound different than the edit select I did. And then when I get it back from them in what's called an OMF or an AAF file to mix, I'm not chasing half-processed, half-unprocessed mm-hmm. voice. Um, so it's like, you know, you usually try to leave the processing until the end of the process, the end of the production process. <laughs> All good information. I really appreciate your help. Um, where, how can people get a hold of you if they have questions? Or where's the best place for more details? So uh, source-elements.com, so source hyphen elements.com is our website um support at source dash elements.com is the best one it's got the most eyeballs on it we've got a you know one of the biggest things about source connect is also it's not just a software but it's a software and a service and there's a whole support team and and like we mentioned we're building our academy side our education side as well so it's a whole sort of ecosystem and um you'll probably be surprised how quickly you get a response back Uh, but definitely hit us there um support at source-elements.com. Uh, the, that's the best way to get in touch with us. We, we obviously have a phone number, too, if you want it, 312-706-5555. Chances are you'll leave a voicemail and we'll call you back. But, um, yeah, either All right. way. Robert, thank you so much for coming on The Voice Over Hustle. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. 
Thanks for listening to The VoiceOver Hustle with Steve O'Brien. Check out our website, thevoiceoverhustle.com. You can sign up for the newsletter, read the blog, and I'd love to hear from you. If you like the show, rate and review us on iTunes or wherever you listen to the podcast.